Don't be so high and mighty that you don't take advantage of the humble opportunities that are granted to you. I've been granted a lot of humble opportunities, and I won't say that I haven't taken advantage of every single one of them as much as I possibly could. Nothing immoral, nothing I didn't like or didn't want to do. I never had to sell out for anything. I never had to hustle a person, but I might hustle, meaning in a fast pace or manner, towards a a goal or something along those lines. Um, I was very bored, you know. I was I was very bored though when I was growing up. Even though I technically wasn't allowed to be bored, there was always something to do, always something to clean, always something to organize, and that's kind of how I live my life now. But essentially, back then, when you're just trying to figure out maybe what to do next, where you're gonna go, what you're gonna do, who you're gonna be, I always knew who I was gonna be. But it was more so about the journey, about the you know the route that I would have to take to get there. And I knew that there were several opportunities available, and I knew I would have multiple choices. And I would also create some extra opportunities of my own. And so, you know, I think some of my fondest memories were definitely working for different corporations, really big companies and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, life life is what I would now consider difficult. I never thought of it as difficult before. But I'll tell you what, if you're presented with an opportunity, don't be so arrogant as to miss it. If you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're seeking a relationship, if you're seeking a job, if you're seeking an opportunity, Whatever the opportunity is, sometimes you might want something else, but an opportunity comes your way where it would fit right in with what you're doing. It would give you something extra, but really you'd be benefiting the other people the most. And if you don't take that opportunity waiting for the one that you really want, you might not ever get that opportunity because it might have been through that door. It's really easy to be arrogant as a teenager, as a woman, or just even as a smart person in general. Um, I know I, I find myself to be really, really smart for the most part. And I also try to be even more smart. <laughs> and um, I know that I don't know everything. And so it's like, even when I was young, my mother used to ask me to apologize if I was rude to an adult or something along those lines, because I would, you know, try to correct adults, <laughs> as my grandmother would say when I was little. Um, what would she say? Oh, BB, don't correct grown folk. Okay, my dear. <laughs> Back to the matter is, you never know as much as you think you do. Two things I say every day, things I practice every day, two things that I remember every day to help me stay humble, balanced, and fair. Number one, I don't know everything, which technically means I don't know anything. And also, I'm never the exception. The reason why that one's very important for me is because I've always been the exception. Being coddled, being the it person, being the token person, being the... Anything that allows you extra privilege and to be, it, it's just, it just doesn't help. It doesn't help you with a realistic mindset. Everyone always wants to say, well, me and my friends and the way that it is and the way that I know and the way I feel, I, 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 me, 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 me. You're never the exception. Now, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but let's just be quite honest. Everything that we look at outside of us is really just a reflection of our most inner. And so every person that you see and they're doing dumb stuff, making dumb statements or whatever the case may be. That's you. That's you. That's you. And as dumb as you think that they are, I wouldn't say that you're much brighter. I wouldn't say that I'm much brighter. Sometimes people just know things differently than we know. And it doesn't make you even happy or or, or, or to feel good to function in that way. In, in like a pompous manner almost, you know? You should start actually paying more attention I always talk about paying attention because attention is, you know, 
Your time is the most valuable thing you have. If you pay attention, it's an investment. Start looking around. See if there are opportunities that people are granting you. Maybe you haven't been paying attention to it before. Maybe they might be imperfect opportunities, but they're going to be imperfect. And you can exploit that in a sense, or you can you can really get gain something from it. Get it and learn it. Hold on to it. Life is brutal. And what you have to set against that is what's going to help you. Life is so brutal that you have to utilize all the possibilities that come your way. So an opportunity manifests itself and you turn it down. You ignore it. You let it drift away. It's like that's the one thing that you had against the horror of existence that you let go. You let go of 10 of those things. Not on the street. Right? And it's no fun there. It doesn't get better. Or maybe you're selling something you don't want to sell or doing something you don't want to do. There's a possibility that you've utilized all of the possibilities that were offered you on this earth. Your life would then be straight and clean had you taken any of those. The more of those you would have taken, more engaged, more acceptable, more positive your lifestyle would have ended up. And that's worth finding out if that's the case. And if that's the case, then, you know, we all make mistakes. And that's fine. We're going to make mistakes. But if you don't learn from them, then you don't change them. And that's not okay. And then that's just pointless. So you're moving towards wherever you're going. As long as you're moving towards wherever you're going and it's working. And you get some positive, clean emotion. You get some motivation from this dipomenergenic system. Um, it'll add interest and engagement and meaning to life and, and pull you into life. And So that's what you were thinking about. Because if you think about it, you know, you might have wondered whether or not you should be engaged in life. And then if all of a sudden you're doing it, something because you're doing it, you get engaged in life. Then it seems like there might be the very definition of a good thing. You see, it's evidence. The engagement is the evidence that you're actually doing a good thing, a worthwhile thing in life with all the suffering and misery and brutality. It's like you got a pathway, you got a name, and you're moving forward. You're engaged. Excellent. Do what is meaningful, not what is expedient. It's a deep, deep instinct, way down, way down in your psychophysiological structure. Not as far down as the serotonin system, but like the next level up. And so it's like of saying, if you're on the right track, you know, it's worth noticing. Give yourself props. It's worth noticing. Now you can criticize it out of existence. You can question your aim continually. What would you call it? Dangers of our capacity to abstract. <laughs> But if you're a smart person who doubts, you also might be smart enough now. And then to doubt your doubt and just to notice and to pay attention, then that's what you need to do. Because you need to have a meaning in your life. A name, a value structure that is of sufficient potency. Magnitude to justify the limitations. I'm telling you, building your life up as the brand that it's supposed to be, building your life up as the brand that it is, building your life up the brand that you are. You are already. You just haven't put it in parameters. You have not gotten formal or been formal with yourself. You've not graduated your childhood properly into adulthood, and now here you are, just a sloppy adult out here making childish decisions. <sighs> like, there's no trivial business that we're involved in, right? We're all up into our necks. Literally, it's it's a mortal game. You're all in and, and to play it wrong is, well, is to risk suffering in hell. 
I'm not talking about afterlife. I'm not talking about something metaphysical. You can generate plenty of hell right here, right now, around you. Plenty. People do it every day. Look at them. An unlimited amount. So you can move towards that direction. Or you can move towards a positive direction and you can orient yourself. And you know you can. You can learn. This is why... <laughs> this is why you need an aim. You need an aim. You cannot organize the way you look at the world without a name. It's not optional. And then the question is, well, what should that aim be? Well, probably not to radically increase the amount of misery and suffering that is already experienced here by everyone else. But if you want to go that route, you have the freedom, of course. And people do take that route. But when they do, they usually end up bitter. They give up, you know? They make even more mistakes. It's a conscious decision to go down that route. It's not like they think that it's okay. To begin with, their aim is wrong. It's like straighten out your aim. So there's an old idea, right? This idea of sin. Sin is a word that was, yuck, Greek, whatever, hamachia, archery term. It means uh, to miss the target. And so you think, well, how can you miss the target? Well, you have no weapon. <laughs> well, then you miss the target. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, you have no target. Uh-oh. So you have no aim. Well, then you miss the target. You don't pick up your bow. Well, then you miss the target. You don't draw it back. Then you miss the target. You don't practice and miss many times, right? Because you have to do that to develop the skill. Hit the target. So you're not willing to take the risk to miss you. You do none of that. So you miss the target. And that's the sin. And then you miss your life. And then what happens around you is that while there is far more hell than there has to be, and there's much less heaven than there ever could be. Part of that reason that people go into anti-heroes and villains is because there's a part of them crying out for the incorporation of the monster within them, which is what gives them strength of character and self-respect because it's impossible to respect yourself until you grow teeth. And if you grow teeth, then you realize that you're somewhat dangerous and or maybe somewhat seriously dangerous. And then you might be willing to demand that you treat yourself with respect and other people do the same thing. And so that doesn't mean that being cruel is better than not being cruel. What it means is that being able to be cruel and then not being cruel is better than not being able to be cruel because in the first place, you're nothing, but we can be naive. And in the second place, you're something crazy, but you have it under control. And, you know, it's a lot of martial arts kind of concentration on exactly the part of the philosophy of the training. And it's like, we're not training you to fight. We're training you to be peaceful and awake. Avoid violence. Avoid the fighting. If you have to get one in, well, then you already know what to do. Philosophy also is, is that it is as fighting that actually decreases the probability if you're actually formally trained, it decreases the probability of you actually experiencing something that violent because you'll be able to respond back properly. This is certainly the case with bullies, reasonable show of confidence, which is very much equivalent to a show of dominance. It's going to be enough to make the bully back off. So the strength that develops in you is monstrous. And that's actually the best guarantee of peace. That's partly why you haven't believed that was necessary for people to integrate their shadow. It's a terrible thing for people to attempt because the human shadow 
which has all the things about you that you don't realize reaches all the way to hell. Hmm. Thought of an analysis of your own shadow that you can come to understand why other people are capable and you are as well of the sorts of terrible atrocities that characterize, let's say, the 20th century. And without that understanding, there's no possibility of bringing it under control. They're just like you. And if you don't know that, that just means that you don't know anything about people, including yourself. It also means that you have to discover why they're just like you. Ugh, believe me, that's not a nice picnic. So that's enough to traumatize people. Because they partly, why they don't do it. It's also partly why the path to enlightenment and wisdom is seldom trod upon. Because if it was all a matter of following your bliss and doing what made you happy, everyone in the world would be a paragon of wisdom. But nope, it's not that at all, is it? It's a matter of facing the thing that you want to face the least. It's about loving what you hate. If you feel the pull, if you're leaning in, if you think you have an idea of what I'm talking about, if you follow me, if you hear me, give me a follow, share the content, and definitely check out my ever-growing websites, blackandblueprinting.com and voilaviver.com, which means, aha, this is how to live.